no disrespect to anybody, but it's nothing special about being a pro. Um, so I can do that tomorrow. You can't just go to the Olympics tomorrow. Every time you hit somebody and they cheer, you just want to keep hitting them. Do you know what I mean? And you just want to keep getting that point, dabbing away at them. If you can hit somebody and they can't hit you, that is the most joyous thing in the ring. What a performance! I said anything could happen! Kent's Sporting Dreams. I'm Matthew Panting, and in this episode of Kent's Sporting Dreams, I catch up with grazing boxer Shevin Clark. With Tokyo 2020 on the horizon, we'll be talking all things Olympics with our guests in the coming months. The 29-year-old is ranked number one in Great Britain, and you'll hear Chevin talk about what drives him on in the ring and how he got hooked by the sport. He's got two shots at qualifying for Tokyo. The first is in London in a couple of weeks' time. So I started by asking if fighting in front of his own crowd comes with an added expectation. To be honest, I don't feel no pressure in that sense because... It's just another competition to me. Um, like there's all the glitz and glamour around it. That's for other people. For me, I've been working at this for so long. It's just another competition. It's no different to the, my first competition where I boxed in Grozen in a little hall where there was like probably 80 people. Do you know what I mean? I just bring it back to that at every stage. So for everybody else, um, it'll be a big thing. But for me, it's just another day in the office. Where does that mentality come from? Is that something that you've had to work on or is that just the way you've always approached things? That's just partly how I've been brought up. Um, we don't really get... Like, for instance, we don't. I, I wouldn't get starstruck. It don't matter who's in front of me. Um, it's just a normal person, do you know what I mean? So this is just another part of uh, my journey, another part of the situation. So just go out and handle it and on to the next one. And, and how will the qualifying work in London then you'll have a, a series of fights is it over a number of days and then you have to get to the final the semi-finals qualifiers so um, the qualifiers are from March 14th to March 24th um, each weight class have a different amount of fighters that can qualify so for instance lighter weights for example the 52 kilos from that weight class 8 of them qualify I think from the 75 to 81, only six qualify, I think. But my weight class, only the top four will qualify. So I have to I have to get to the semi-final, then I'll qualify. And then win the semi-final and win the final to get a better seeding when I get to the games. Getting a better seeding means you get a better draw. When the draw is done, you won't possibly fight one of the top, top um, contenders right at as your first fighter. So it puts a bit of pressure on you in that in that sense, and I guess to to go as far as you can in, in the qualifying to, to, to make things a little bit easier for you once you get to Tokyo? Um, as I said, there ain't no pressure. I really, really don't see it as that. Um, I, I enjoy what I do, and um, it'll just be another fun day in the office. Um, but yeah, it'll be great to win the whole thing because when you get to Tokyo, then it might be a little bit easier. Do you know what I mean? At this level, there's there are no easy fights as such because everybody is class do you know what I mean um, but yeah it would be great to win it at home in London mm. I, I guess as well presumably it's it's easy is probably the wrong word but it's easier almost to qualify first time rather than have to go to the world qualifier and, and get through the, uh, you know you get a second bite of it if, if it goes wrong in London for the perp- for the people that do not manage to qualify in London the, the, the problem is you've got another two or three boxers at GB that 
will be in the mix again to go to the world qualifier so the number ones that have been selected to go qualify in London um, it makes sense for them to qualify because it's 50-50 again you don't know if you'll get the opportunity to qualify and there's only one more qualifier so um, you know take your chance and, and run with it really I guess it's a dangerous thing publicly to talk about Tokyo and to, to almost as though you're already there when you actually have to go through the qualifying process. But do you afford yourself that dream? Do you look ahead and, and, and think what could be one day? Um, I'm really the type of person that deals with coulda, woulda, shoulda. Um, I just take it one step at a time, handle what's in front of you, and then it opens up more options, more opportunities. So um, just handle London, man, and put on a show in London, qualify, and that's that's the main aim right now. Mm. How would you describe yourself as a, as a boxer? Uh, you're a bit of a showman in that sense, you know, you put on a show. Um, I like to enter- entertain myself in the ring. Um like I always come out and think oh that was a poor fight like I never come out and feel happy do you know what I mean like you you're happy with the win but the performance you always think oh I could have done this better I like to be entertaining nobody likes to um see a a boring fight but at the same time I have to be tactically aware and um make sure I do the right things to win so if that means be a boring fighter to win I'll have to adjust to do that but so far I haven't had to to do that do you enjoy it when you're in there? Do you, do you actually, can you take it in what's happening around you? Or, you know, how, how does it work mentally for you? Oh, yeah, I, I love being in there. Um, it's just so much, man. Like, you, you, the little things that you can do, the little skills that you can perform, and people that know boxing, they appreciate it. And every time you hit somebody and they cheer, you just want to keep hitting them. Do you know what I mean? And you just want to keep getting that point dabbing away at them if you can hit somebody and they can't hit you that is the most joyous thing in the ring um yeah it lights you up and if you can get a stoppage well there you go a classy stoppage you can't you can't get better than that what's the buzz once that happens is that is that what it does it for you yeah um yeah that's that's my my i'd prefer a stoppage to be honest um well no i don't know i like our class in somebody you can stop somebody but to, to go the full fight and outclass somebody to, to to just make them feel like they were in way above their head like I at sea deep at sea there's nothing better than that just yeah that shows how good you are you've obviously had experience of big events before Commonwealths mm-hmm. European Championships World Championships as well does that put you in good stead for what's ahead? oh 100% um, I was fortunate enough to get on um, a little bit after the last cycle started and um, I've had loads of great experiences since then I think people sometimes forget that my international experience is very very small compared to most of the guys that I've fought I mean the first year 2017 when I came in I fought that my first tournament I went to I fought the Olympic champion in the final um, you know and the second my second tournament I fought him again so um, my Olympic, I think my Olympic, um, sorry, my international boxing experience is probably like 25 fights. It's not a lot. These guys, some of these guys are, are, are you're talking like 100 fights, 150 fights. So in terms of international boxing, I'm really a baby. But that don't matter. Um, it's what happens when you get in there that that matters. What's the Commonwealth like? Because um, you've been a couple of times haven't you so once with Jamaica once with Great Britain yeah yeah totally contrasting experiences were they 
Yeah, one was in Glasgow, one was in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest difference. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Australia was great. Um, Australia was probably the best tournament that um, we've been on since I've been on Team GB. Um, fantastic. Uh, the weather was great. And, you know, tournament performed class out there. And um, I brought back a medal, which is all that matters. In in this game, it's all about performance and, and meddling. And I did that out there. Um, but Glasgow was a great experience because it showed me what I need, that the standard that I needed to be at. And it, it taught, I'm sure it taught me other little things, like how to handle the big crowd, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, both of them came in handy to to help me to be where I am today. And now, how do you handle that big crowd? You seem to be someone who probably thrives in it rather than is concerned by it. I think people think, yeah, um, I've, yeah, I like putting on a show. I like, I like putting on a show. Like that's that's why I train in the gym. I, that's why I make my sacrifices. Like I don't do what the normal. Well, I, keep, I keep thinking I'm young, but I'm not young. I don't do what the, like my friends do. All I do is train. I, I train three times a day. I go home. I sleep. I train. That's all I do. Like there, there's very 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 rare instances where you catch me out in a party or something like that. Um, th- those are the sacrifices I have to make to to be who I to be who I am and do what I do. So when I get the chance to perform, that's my party. That's all the parties that I've missed. That's everything in one. That's my that's like me going out and getting drunk. Like that's all of it mixed into one in that performance. So you started young. Uh, or rather, you're relatively young, but you started quite old into boxing, didn't yeah. you? It, does that mean you've had all that experience? You had the break as well. So was you partying then? Was that your time to get away from it all? And that's why you can now dedicate everything to this? No, I've always dedicated pretty much everything to it, man. Um, I mean, when I, when I was younger and I went on the, the GB team, sometimes I'd go out and, like, let's say on a Friday, right? I'd go out and then I'd be partying until like again at like five in the morning, and then my coach thinks think thought he was smart. He'd call me at like seven. He'd be like, "Get to the gym now," and I'd get up and I'd go to the gym after on no sleep. Like, but it made me who I am. So those little experiences, um, the lack of rest and all of that, I think contributed to make me the the better athlete that I am now and not only that I don't I don't just want to be another boxer like I don't want to be a local celebrity like that's the worst thing I could ever be is a local celebrity or or, or like a local do you know what I mean I, I want to be I will be um world-class athlete that's what that's what I am that's mm-hmm. why I put this work in Tell us about the work then that you're doing, because you're up in Sheffield with the, the GB squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must have great facilities up there, but you must be pushed quite hard as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I think we have the best facilities in the world, probably the best staff in the world. Um, it just all comes together so well. Um, and every year, every cycle gets better. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it comes comes down to funding. So you know, a big um, thank you has to go out to the people that buy the lottery and the lottery funding you know the, the folks at Camelot that are behind the scenes that don't get um spoken of a lot but nah yeah we do get we, we do get pushed very hard we have something called the altitude tent that um we we do once a week um after so you do a hard session so you'd probably spar like 
five rounds, three to five rounds, and then you have to go and do three three minute rounds with one minute break in the altitude tent, which replicates being higher altitude, 2,300 meters in the sky, lack of oxygen and heat. So um, that's just an example, but for the runs, all of it is just hard, but wouldn't change it like I'm very fit um and if anybody that's watching me fight there's there's very there's that there ain't nobody fear than me when it comes to it when it comes down to it there ain't nobody fear than me you might be able to run faster than me um you might be able to do more push-ups and stuff but when it comes to fighting ain't nobody outlasting me when you're in the tent then what goes first is it your legs your arms where, where do you feel it first I think it's your legs really because <laughs> Sometimes your, your your brain is saying, yeah, I'm good to go, and your legs are saying, uh-uh, no, nah, not me, man. <laughs> like, so I think it's your legs. Your legs, the arms don't really feel it as much. It's just, like, sometimes sometimes I get dizzy in there. Do you know what I mean? But it just depends what exercises we're doing in the tent. Do you know what I mean? What type of um, cardio we're doing in the tent. You went up to, to join that squad. Would you say you're now a much better fighter than before you went up to Sheffield? Um, I think results speak for themselves. Um, to be fair, I never had the opportunities before. Um, I, but some people don't know, but I was on trials for GB before, and um, I got down to the last three, and the last two got selected. But everything happens for a reason, and um, I watch my fights every day. And um, yeah, I'd say I'm a much more complete, much more complete fighter than I was when I first got there. My defence is definitely improved anyway. I know that for a fact. So, yeah, I'd say so. Well, do you remember the first time you got hit then in that in that sense? Do you think, have you ever been hit like that and thought, whoa? Not, not so much the first time I get I got hit, but I used to leak a lot of silly shots that used to give the, the, op- the opponents that win, that little, do you know what I mean? And now that's all tightened up, so... It's great. I can't wait. Um, the results have been coming in, so I can't wait to see six months on from the the world what happens in in London. It's going to be great. Is that what drives you as well? What happened at the Worlds and not getting medaled there? I don't know if that drives me because I drive myself. Right? What happens? What somebody else does or what somebody else don't do it doesn't bother me in the long run. Um, what happens around happens to all of us. Like, do you know what I mean, um, my other friend, uh, teammate, he had a, a situation similar. Um, he's got broadcast more, but um, what other what what other people do and the things that happen, it happens to all of us, man. It's like it rains. It rains on all of us. You're right. It, it don't make me special. I just know that I'm gonna be great and I work hard at it every day and. Um, that's all I care about really talk about analysing your performance then as well is that something that's probably only happened once you've been in Sheffield is that something that's that's something that's changed in, in recent years yeah that's something I've added to my skill set it's, a, it's very it's very pronoun is that the word I'm looking for pronoun up there that you analyse yourself we have all the, the video footage of not just ourselves but all the boxes that we go to competition and and see not just the ones that we box but every if there's a fight the thing we have footage of all of them so but me i don't watch nobody else i just watch me um i can only handle me i can only make myself better so i don't watch nobody else i don't need to 
Um, so yeah, I like I like watching the video. The videos of the sparring, the fights, and it just shows you like when you watch one fight from two years ago and a fight from let's say six months ago, you can see the difference in the same things that you was doing, and it's just great. It like gives me a buzz to want to achieve more. Lots been said about your experiences in life even before you got into the boxing ring twice near death experiences mm. as well how do you look back on what you've gone through in life so far i don't <laughs> um there's a reason why the the rear view mirror is very small in your car um and the, the windscreen is very big so i don't really look at things like that i don't really even like to talk about it to be honest um just somebody caught onto it one day and blew it out of proportion really but um it, it happened and it just is what it is man um life is what you make it and um, that was just a part of my success story i suppose for the latest sports news from around the county see our website kentonline.co.uk so where did the boxing journey start for you um to be fair it started in 2009 ish I was going out with a girl and um, her dad, a guy whose name is Steve Obie actually, from Gravesend, and um, he like he used to do a little bit of boxing in the garden and stuff, and like he taught me a couple of little bits. Um, my appendix went blah blah blah. That situation happened, and I came back and he, then I was doing some training and he was like, oh my days, he goes, you just had an operation, mate. He goes, and you're doing all of this stuff. So anyway, he took me to the boxing club, Gravesend Amateur Boxing Club at Signets. And um, I went in there and it just kind of ran from there. And um, it's just been up and up ever since. So did you feel natural when you first went in? I don't know. How do you feel natural? I don't I don't know about that. I, I just, I think the reason why, one of the reasons why is because there was a kid in there um, called Julian Kramer who was really good. Um, and at the time I didn't get along with um, Jordan. Um, and I got into the gym and because he was so good he kind of got all the attention and I was in there I was trying to learn and nobody wouldn't pay me any attention so I was just like you know what give me a little time and I'll be better than all of you in here and um, that's just what drove me and then I got better and better and the coaches started showing me more attention uh, I had my first fight I won and then they started travelling around the world, um, around England and then seeing new places and I just like got hooked to it you know I mean every every weekend I was traveling to Southampton Portsmouth Great Yarmouth wherever to go and fight and I just like I've never seen the country like that before do you know what I mean and it was just great and um now I'm actually Jordan's actually one of my good good friends uh, he flies out to support me wherever Helsinki wherever we're at they'll be there so yeah that's what drove drove the whole Chef bus. When did you know you were good? When was it? Once you'd won your first fight, when once you'd actually had a, a certain level of competition, when did you think actually I'll be alright this boxing stuff? Really and truly, last year <laughs> when I got selected for Team GB. Like my standards are high. I don't have the same standards as other people. Um, anybody can. I say anybody, but they can't. But most people win a national title doesn't mean you're good. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. No offense to anybody. Um, how many people has won a world title? Um, but last year when I got selected for Team GB um, in the um, for the European Games, that's a different level because it, almost anybody can represent England GB boxing, but only the elite represent Team GB, and TV, Team GB only go to the major games. 
which is the European Games and the Olympic Games. So as you're saying, I'm wearing a kit. There's a lot of people on GB Boxing. There's a lot of people on England Boxing. Not a lot of them can say that they've represented the nation. Do you know what I mean? So that's when I first like, thought, oh my days. And we're in this, uh, the NEC in Birmingham. And like, there's a whole Audi store built for the Team GB guys. And there's a whole Adidas outfit there. I got a personal shopper to go around shopping, pick up all the stuff I wanted. And I was like, you know what? Okay, maybe I am kind of good at this. Because it's it's amazing how your voice changes, how proud you are when you talk about Team G as well. It must yeah. it must be massive for you. Yeah, because as I said, a lot of people are on GB boxing in England, but only a few can say they've represented Team GB. Like when you see Team GB, it's a lot of people say they've been on Team GB, but you just have to do your own research because it all sounds the same. GB boxing, Team GB. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, man. Like it's an, it's another level. Like <laughs> yeah, okay. that's the only time I've, I thought you know what they can't take this away. One elephant in the room though is the lack of a gold medal. I mean, it's someone who sets his standards so high. That's mm. got to be waiting there for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's always it, it doesn't matter what competition you go to. Um, it could be the ABAs, the national ABAs. The, the goal is to be a winner and that's the standard um, coming out with anything less than that you don't really want to go on the podium like me and I got, well personally I've won medals before and um, I've had silver medals and like, I didn't want to go on the podium like if you check in the if you check the the pictures from the 2017 European Championships and that's a major that's a major competition I, I came second to the Olympic champion but I knew I won the fight and I was in the changing room and they're like, you got to go and collect your medal. That's the first time I had been to a medal ceremony. And I was like, I don't want, I don't, I don't care for it. Do you know what I mean? That, that, a gold medal is what it is. And if you look, I'm in my socks and some flip-flops <laughs> and just the boxing kit that I just boxed in because I was just not prepared for it. I didn't want that. But um, it's just a part of the game. You, you get on with it. Again, at the, the European Games, same same thing. I didn't want the medal. Like. At every competition I've gone to, I've improved. And I've only ever lost to the person that won, went on to win the, the competition. So it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but in international boxing, the margins are very small. So you have to take... I've learned to take those little wins even though they're losses. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you, you, you take me next question away. How, how tight are the margins between success and, and, and failure is not failure because you've got a bronze medal, but to you it's the, fa- it's the, you know, not getting the goal. But are they big margins? Is it is it little very, things very, in very fights? Tiny, very tiny, very tiny margin. That, well, you have to remember where the, it's not in your little town or in England, no, no disrespect to anybody. This is the world we're talking and there's many other factors that you have to f- um, that to put into context and consider when you go to these other countries and these tournaments that you have to factor in to these little percentages. So it's not just based on you and how you perform. You have to, as I said, factor in all the other people and uh, situations. So the fighters from around the world all have different styles compared to, to British fighters? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the the British style is very very basic. I say basic, no no disrespect. 
Um, it's just very upright and straight shots. And but when you go to like places like Kazakhstan, those guys don't throw straight shots. Not even their jabs. Their jabs are like that. They go around. They, it's like looping shots, very bent arm shots. Uh, Cuba, they're very elusive, hands down, and they they box like zombies. And, um, <laughs> You know, and then you have the Americans with their Philly shuffle and all of that. So that's the difference between a guy that's had international GB boxing experience and a normal guy that's just gone and turned professional. Like it's night and day. I'm not saying that the guys that just turned professional are not good. What I'm trying to say is the the people that's been on the team and travelled and fought in different competition. It's a vast different experience. So when you come up against these world elite boxing guys as a pro you you are better equipped to handle them Kent's Sporting Dreams talk about professional boxing as well I'm sure you must get asked a lot are you going to turn professional yeah. have you had the chance to etc etc where does that sit with you at the minute to be fair I've, I've been having opportunities to turn professional since I won my second novice title so that's nothing new to me like I could have turned professional ages ago um Richie Woodall, I met Richie Woodall um, way back before I was on Team GB. And Richie Woodall said to me, he's like, listen, I've done it all, guys. He goes, he goes, don't rush your pro career. Don't rush to become a pro. He said, uh, get as much amateur experience as you can. He says, between, between 26 and 30, turn professional. He goes, you'll have a better career. And... Um, I didn't plan it, but it looks like I was, it's happening that way for me. And um, look how many guys turn professional young and wash out by the time they're 30. Do you know what I mean? You don't hear about them. So it's very, very few that go on to be great. You have your Canelo and you have your Floyd Mayweather's, but there's very few. So you talk about offers. Do you get them all the time still now that you're on Team GB or or is it something that people realise that actually you're going to go to the Olympics and there's no point doing anything before that um you'd be surprised (laughs) but um they come but you know what I mean I've got my business to handle um they they have to have they have to nah it ain't gonna happen so they just need to relax for now um and just go and save up their money (laughs) 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 save up their money and come back because right now they can't afford me. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a, I'm, a promo- I'm a promoter. I'm going to get you in. Uh, I'm going to put a load of money in front of you. How much money would need to go in front of you now to not go try and go to the Olympics? Listen, they can't afford me. That's all I'm saying. Um, it's like, nah, it, going to the Olympics, nobody can ever take that from me. I'm meddling at the Olympics. That, that's last. Anybody can go pro. Anybody can be a pro boxer. How many boxers do you know that um, have gone to the Olympics? Do you actually know physically? You're going to be the first. There you go. (laughs) I mean, so um, it's all good. Like, as I said, it's nothing, no disrespect to anybody, but it's nothing special about being a pro. Um, So I can do that tomorrow. You can't just go to the Olympics tomorrow. They talk about Olympic cycles, though. So once you get out of the Olympic cycle, is that the time when it will be then or never? If you don't do it then, then it won't, it won't ever happen? Never say never. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't thought about that. I'm just thinking about qualifying for the Olympics, um, winning my qualifiers, and that's it right now. After that, we can see what's happening, um, go to the Olympics, bring back a medal, and just see what happens there. 
you never know i might even do another cycle and get two olympic medals inspirations in boxing where where do you draw your inspiration from you've got idols previous fighters that have been in the ring do you look at AJ is that someone you look at to or how does it work for you my first experience of boxing was my granddad watching the Mike Tyson fight when he beat Ivan the Holyfield air off and um, after that that was like 95 I think Like I was only a kid I can remember him walking to go and get a TV to watch, to watch it um, but that was my first experience of boxing then my second experience of boxing is what I'm telling you what, what I just told you um, 2009 when the the girl I was going out with her dad um, kind of showed me a few bits but before that I had no inspiration to box I, I used to play football and that's what I wanted to do is be a football I played decent football um, but I just it wasn't meant to be what position football got to ask you I played all position I started off at right back imagine I started playing football I first started playing football in 2003 I played right back right mid I went to centre mid and then I played striker and I, I was good in all positions. Uh, just, just so no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but why didn't you carry on then? Was it once you went in that ring and you had that experience that you? Yeah, yeah, it's different. See, when you play football, it's a team sport, so you have to rely on other people to come and perform every like on the pitch. I found that I find it difficult for me to get up and and go out and give 150% and then somebody's out here running around giving 60% made me wanted to beat them like badly like don't waste my time my time is valuable so once I got into boxing and I found out like whatever you put into boxing you can get out of boxing because it's all on you I was like this is me like I'm like I'm great this is this is me this is what's going to take me to where I want to be so um, that, that's the story behind it it is a great thing though isn't it because it's down to you now you know that if you succeed it's down to you and if you don't make it then also it's only you you've only got yourself to blame's the wrong word but you've only got yourself to blame yeah yeah 100% um, as I said you, you get out what you put in um, you might not get it when you expect it if you're consistent, it's, you always, always get out what you put in. We're weeks away from the qualifying, months potentially away from, from Tokyo. How exciting a time is it for you? To be honest, I ain't really excited. Um, I'm, a, I'm a very boring person like that, <laughs> I, I think. Um, uh, I really get excited. Like, I'm, As I said, um, everybody else is excited because they never saw this coming or believed it coming. Like... I always knew. Well, I didn't. I, I take that back. I was always told I could do this, and then I started to believe. So I ain't gonna say I always knew this was coming, but this was <laughs> this was somewhere created for me because my coach told me, like pretty much from day one, he goes, "You can be a world champion." Do you know what I mean? So um, I always knew that I'd be great in 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 some facet. And, and how important is that belief and maintaining that belief? Um, so you've got to believe it before you can achieve it. So you have to have a goal and you have to not only have the goal, but you have to put steps in place to make sure you can achieve that goal. So like if one thing don't go right, you can say, OK, well, at least I can then do this and this to help me level up to reach to where I want to um, get to. Um, but the main thing is just to have the goal and to work at it every day. 
Shevin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoyed looking back over your time. Thank you, Thank you very much for that. And uh, we wish you well in the qualifying. Hopefully we'll see you in Tokyo 2020. Go willing, man. Go willing. Thanks to everyone who's listened to this episode of Kent Sporting Dreams. Subscribe now on Audio Boom and iTunes and keep up to date with all the latest stories on our website, kentonline.co.uk.